0: My radio station, your radio station, our radio station,
1: 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo.
0: Assalaam alaykum warahmatullahi wa breakatu, good evening. We know and your host, Yusuf Fischer, this out of the microphone with you until 11 o'clock, inshallah. Yani, is tot by and en soos in Ramadan, korter as However, we are not complaining, we are grateful that, uh, of course, we are also having the airwaves to do what is best for our community. Alhamdulillah. However, right now, it's time for me to go into my program for a Wednesday evening, during the month of Ramadan, and of course, it is this one. The Lives of the Four Imams of the Four Madhaib with Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander. That's right, it is uh, the program with the respected Sheikh Rahman Alexander who is sitting right opposite me this evening, looking real spoofy. <laughs> <laughs> if that is the right word... <laughs> Sheikh, assalamu Alaikum
1: Wa Alaikum as Wa Rahmatullahi Wa, wa and, and
0: how are you this evening? I
1: am pickfain alhamdulillah <laughs> In fact, I'm on cloud nine I can
0: see that I can, That's why I needed I, I couldn't say that But of course, I could see that So, yes indeed Sheikh, shukran very much once again oh, For fine. being here with us this evening And we are going into our second part Of the four-part series on the lives of the four imams of the former live yes, this evening uh, which imam will you be talking about
1: we will be discussing the life and the biography of the great imam abu hanifa rahmatullahi. Right.
0: inshallah so without further ado Sili, i'm handing right over to you shukran
1: Allah salli Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammadi wa Ashabi wa Barik wa Sallim Rabbi shirahli sadari wa yassirli amri Wahlul hlul uqadatan Yafkahu lisaani yafqahu Habibina wa Sayyidina Muhammad as-salamu alayhi wa Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Yesaji Yusuf, allow me once again to greet you and all the respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape as Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa
0: alaykum as-salamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
1: and I pray that the Almighty shower you all, inshallah, with His divine grace, His mercy, and His love in this glorious month of Ramadan. I
0: mean, and likewise for you and your loved ones, inshallah. Shukran,
1: shukran. Afwan. Ajay Yusuf, before I start discussing the life of this great man, Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullahi can you imagine, Ajay Yusuf, if you must ask an ant to describe an elephant? How difficult will it be for that end to describe the magnitude and the hugeness of the elephant? Of course. Me discussing the lives of this great sahaba, of this great A'imma, I feel like the end discussing the life of these giants. Subhanan. Wallahi, these were gigantic people, no. not in size, in piety no. and integrity. Mm-hmm and in taqwa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Indeed. and there were giants in the form of true ulama who were truly learned these are the people you can truly call ulama mashallah, mashallah. and this great imam abu hanifa yeah. alay, his his actual name was nurman and his, he was known as nurman ibn thabit meaning nurman the son, son of, of thabit, thabit. No. so He got this name, Abu Hanifa, because it was the custom those days that people never address each other directly on their names. But they will rather respectfully refer to a people as Abu Hanifa, which means the father of Hanifa, you know, or Abu Bakr, or one of those names. So Abu Hanifa was not his real name. His real name was um, Nu'man ibn Thabit, Nu'man the son of Thabit. Now, his father Thabit met the fourth Khalifa, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu mm-hmm. anhu. And he also benefited tremendously from Sayyidina Ali. Mm-hmm. And therefore, any person who met and associated themselves with the Sahaba, they are called Tabi'in. Right. So his father was a Tabi, and he himself met Sahaba in his life Therefore Imam Abu Hanifa Was also a tabi' Meaning a, a follower of the Sahaba And a great scholar indeed Masha. Now Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi, mm-hmm. He was born in the year 80 after Hijrah Which means approximately 70 years after the demise Of Rasulullah Sallallahu Sallallahu From this physical abode And he was born In the city of Kufa In Iraq okay. And Kufa at that time was the capital city of the Islamic world because Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu mm. anhu took the, 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 the government of Islam, the government of the Muslims, mm. that time out of Medina and moved the government to, to Kufa in Iraq. To Iraq, no. yeah. So, so Kufa at that time became the capital of the Muslim empire and also Kufa was one of the most important learning centers. Because everyone flocked to Kufa To come and benefit from the knowledge that was there Because Kufa was blessed at that time With the presence of over 1000 Sahaba Of Rasulullah وسلم. After the Nabi uh, with Sayyidina Ali, more than a thousand Sahaba, they moved home from Medina to Kufa, where Kufa then became the most important Islamic center in the world. And it was the hub of Islamic activities and learning, and everyone... Flocked to Kufa to gain the knowledge there, including Imam Abu Hanifa, who was a Tabi. He met some of the Sahaba and he learned also, and the great Tabi'in who met the Sahaba and learned from the noble Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Like for instance, uh, some of uh, Imam Abu Hanifa is documented that he learned this knowledge. From approximately 4,000 shayukh, yet over 4,000 teachers, and this is so important to note because. Yeah, this man who became a luminary himself, Mm. he didn't just stick to one teacher or two teachers Wherever he could find knowledge, wherever he could find wisdom, there he went Mm. And he got that wisdom and learning And his first and foremost and important teacher was a person who was known as Imam Hamad Imam Hamad was this, the famous Imam who learned from the famous Sahabi, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Radiallahu and Ibn Mas'ud was also one of the great Mufassirin mm. of the Qur'an who was molded by the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu, sallallahu alayhi wasallam alayhi
0: wasallam. himself. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, just listening to you saying to us that uh, the great Imam was born in Iraq, in that city,
1: it must have been a wonderful experience already. Yes, definitely, although his parents and them were originally from from Persia, I think. Okay. But then they moved, and he, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa himself was born in Kufa, hmm. and from there onwards, he started gaining his knowledge. Can I just
0: ask, you, when you say his parents moved from Persia to iraq was it during that time when everybody else was flocking everyone to iraq? else
1: was flocking ah, right. because they heard about this new development right, of right. this great dean of islam right
0: alhamdulillah
1: now imam ahmad was his most foremost teacher hmm. and imam abu hanifa had so much respect And so much reverence for his teacher And this is an important factor for us to note, Bata Because all of us have teachers Hmm. But there's one thing we can learn from Imam Abu Hanifa He said, while I was in my home I would not even stretch my legs in the direction of the home of my Ustad Even though I stayed seven streets away from him So much respect, he didn't even, when he was sitting Hmm. He made sure that his legs was never stretched out towards the direction where the home of his teacher was. Respect, utmost eh? respect. Oh, if we can have an iota of that respect mm. for our teachers, wallahi, mm. Allah will give us so much wisdom and so much barakah in your knowledge for respecting your Inshallah. teacher. Inshallah. So, so
0: uh, would you also then say, Shaykh, there is much more for us to actually learn from that. Yes. What you just told us, uh, how much we should actually show respect towards the person that uh, gave us the actual learning.
1: Oh, yes. But, you know, now suddenly something else came up in my mind while hmm. while you mentioned. I think it was Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullahi, who learned um, that a rabbit also get khayd, okay. menstruation. Okay. And he learned this from a street sweeper. Okay. And from that moment, he learned that from... That street sweeper, he said to that street sweeper, From today on, I consider you as one of my teachers. Oh, my. You see? Which shows that even you, as an imam or a sheikh mm. or a molana or whatever we think, a doctor, a lawyer, you can even learn from a person that you look down upon right. or maybe sweep the street. Right. Or the lady who work in the kitchen. Right. Or who cleans make the, the tea or clean the toilet. No. They might know certain things that you do not know. Of course. And therefore it is so important to respect each and everyone Mashallah. Another point that we can learn from here, the Prophet Sallam Sallam Sallam. Sallam. Sallam, clearly tells us that and teaches us a respect for our Qibla. Hmm. Kaaba in Mecca, mm. so much so that when we sit our legs must never be stretched out towards the Qibla And this is one factor that you see in the masjid sometimes right. Our people sit with their feet stretch stretched out down. facing the Qibla mm. Here Imam Abu Hanifa didn't want to s- stretch his feet towards the house of his teacher Right. How much more was we, must we respect the direction right. of the Qibla which faced towards the Kaaba
0: Sure, i would uh, never talk about these things, but I'd like to share something with you this evening, mm-hmm. th- talking like that. Once when I was in Madinah Sharif, mm-hmm. and of course we know that when you go into the haram, you take your shoes with you. Yes, And I had my shoes with me, and I stood at the back of the house mm-hmm. of the Nabi, sal-as-salam. in other words, at the back of yes. uh, where the Nabi is buried. But my shoes was pointing towards the house, Mm-hmm. And an old man, foreigner uh-huh. An old man, he came And he pushed the shoes away Allah. In another direction Showing me that you shouldn't Point it towards uh, Allah. It just came to me now Allah. Now that you're talking about Telling us once again the kind of respect That we should show at all times
1: Mawsaat Allah al- Akbar al- Alhamdulillah
0: Allah. See, We're going to take a quick break we okay. back off Ooh. The Lives of the Four Imams of the Former Life with Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander Yes indeed it is with the respected Sheikh Rahman Alexander and as we've heard the Sheikh this evening
1: teaching us some wonderful, wonderful things inshallah Sally? uh Yes Haji Yusuf, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi, whose life we are discussing no. He became very famous during his time hmm. because of his great learning right. And hundreds of people flocked towards him to learn from him and benefit from him hmm. With the result that the Khalifa of that time who was known as Al-Mansur He was the Khalifa in the year 146 after Hijrah He offered Imam Abu Hanifa the post to become the chief Qadi The chief magistrate or the chief judge But Imam Abu Hanifa, he refused. He refused the offer and he said, I'm not fit for that post. Because he knew the Khalifa had his own ulterior motive why he wanted to appoint him as chief magistrate. And he, because of his humility and he didn't want people to use him Ah, for their ulterior motives, he said, I am not fit for that post. And the Khalifa became very angry and the Khalifa told him, you are lying. And then he said to the Khalifa, now I have more Reason not to accept your post because how can you offer such an important post to a liar?
0: Mashallah. Yeah.
1: This, this wisdom, was the wit. Eh? This wisdom. was the wisdom and the wit of Imam Abu Hanifa. But the <laughs> Khalifa didn't take it well. Because <laughs> nah. he's the ruler. Of course. He's the ruler. Everyone must jump to his, hmm. uh, to his, his like, command yeah. and his orders. Yeah. You know. But Imam Abu Hanifa was not such a person. Right. And so, with the result that the Khalifa had him arrested. Put him into jail, locked him up, gave him only minor uh, bit um, uh, of food, sustenance, yeah, 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 and and also had him tortured in the prison. Oh, no. And after some time, they even poisoned him, yes. and that poisoning led to his death. Imam Abu Hanifah mm-hmm. died in prison at the age of seventy years old. But the amazing thing, but yourself he could feel. His time was coming huh. and it was during the month of Rajab. He had wudu, he went into Salah, went into sujood and he died in his sujood yeah, This was that great man, Imam Abu Hanifa, who was born in Kufa hmm. and is buried there in Kufa. And it is said that more than 50,000 people came from all over to attend his Janazah. Mashallah. Mashallah. And up till today, not hundreds, Thousands of people are visiting his Karama mm. visiting his Dargah his shrine mm. just to come and get blessings from him, And pay the respects to this Imam Abu Hanifa no, no. this Imam Abu Hanifa According to many scholars his mother is the biggest of the four Madahib no. throughout the world no. a major part of the Muslim world is following the mother no. of Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullah okay. and here yeah, the
0: Imam was in prison just because he did not want to be
1: used yeah. by somebody who had ulterior motives. Most certainly, you know. But if you have scholars, yeah. and then you have scholars for dollars, ah, meaning that certain governments can put certain scholars on the payroll, hmm. and they will give fatwas and and verdicts in order to please the king or the emperor or the ruler,
0: please the masters. Yes,
1: please the master. Right. The master say. Jump and hmm. they ask, how high? how high? Right. Imam Abu Hanifa was not a scholar for dollars. Right. He was a man of Almighty God. Allahu Allah.
0: Akbar. Allah. He
1: stood Akbar. his grounds. He was prepared to go to prison. He took the punishment. Hmm. He even knew that it will lead to his death. Right. But he feared only Allah. Allah. And this is why Allah says, with regard to the true ulama, hmm. Allah says in the glorious Quran, Innama yakshallah min ibadihi ulama. It is the true ulama who truly fear and have reverence for Allah. No, no. These are the people that we must be proud to follow. These four schools of our Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We are the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah because we follow the Qur'an, we follow the Sunnah, and we follow the Sahaba of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And of course we love and follow the Ahlul Bayt as well. So this is us, the mm. Ahlul Bayt, who follow any one of these four Madahib which are on the path of Qur'an and Sunnah. Mashallah. Uh, Shaykh,
0: can I ask, uh, you said that uh, the madhab of Imam Hanifa was the largest or the biggest is it, uh, and I'm asking now out of ignorance, is it because maybe it is uh, practiced in more countries in the world or what is the reason that one could say that it's the largest?
1: I don't know exactly the reason why it is estimated to be the largest largest, I, in my study of the the biographies of the four imams, many scholars mention that his madhab is probably the biggest madhab Right um, And has the most followers And after all we say Allahu Aalam no. And Allah knows best No, no, no.
0: And then of course uh, the other thing And I'm sure that will come after the break When uh, last week you also mentioned to us Uh when you spoke to us of Imam Maliki, you, you mentioned where, in which parts of the world, and you mentioned especially Northern Africa, etc., where you have most of the yeah. followers. So I'm sure after the break, we will also Inshallah. then determine where are most Yeah of the followers inshallah. of the, the Hanafi Madhab, insha'Allah. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 The lives of the four Imams of the four Madhab with Sheikh Rahman Alexander. Correct, and this uh, respected Sheikh Rahman is right here with us this evening talking to us about this wonderful Imam. Alhamdulillah.
1: Ready. Yes, Sajid Yusuf, uh, what is important to understand, although these people were great ulama, mm. they were very pious people, they did not cut themselves off from this world. Right. Because Islam does not ask us to renounce the world. Mm. We must. We must... Face the challenges Of the We world. must interact mm. And mm. we must win every hurdle that we face Right Imam Abu Hanifa was one such young man Who joined his father's business mm. Because his father was a very successful merchant In the, in the selling of silk cloths and, and materials, etc Right And uh, one day, uh, one of his agents I just want to put emphasis on On the honesty and integrity of his personality Right one of his agents one day sold a consignment of silk material to some customers, but he forgot to tell the customers about some defect in the cloth okay later on Imam Abu Hanifa came to know about this, and he became very depressed hmm. and he would know there was no way he could find these people who sold the or who bought the who cloth, bought the cloth the, right with the result that Imam Abu Hanifa immediately told his people All that money that proceeds That we got from the sale right. Which amounted to approximately 30,000 dirhams Take that entire 30,000 dirhams And give it away in charity Allah. Because we are not people Who can deceive other people Allah. Even though it was done In in an innocent manner right, right, you know, right. It wasn't done on, on purpose. purpose Right it was done totally innocent. Abu Hanifa still took it very, very serious and he said, No, this money, the proceeds of this, hmm. is not fair to be ours. Hmm. Let us give it away in charity.
0: Once again, uh, it shows the integrity of the person.
1: The integrity right. of his business dealings. Right. And what we can learn is, irrespective of what business we do, hmm. whether we run a supermarket, whether we run a little shop, whether we run a little Hezvan his- right. culture, house, a house shop. Right. It is important that we practice honesty at all times. Mm. In every deal of a Muslim, a Muslim, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi al- say, is someone who cannot cheat. Mm. You cannot deceive other people. If you do then there's something seriously wrong with you being a Muslim. Allah. So these are all the finer points. It's easy for us to say, I follow Imam Malik. Mm. I follow Imam Abu Hanifa. I follow Imam Shafi. I follow Imam Ahmad ibn Hambal. How do I follow them? Only in how they make salah? Mm. No. Mm. Their lives, I must follow their lives Their whole teachings, the entire biography And that's why It's not only to say I follow Imam Shafi You must know Imam Shafi Of course Who was he? Who was Imam Abu Hanifa? Because Imam Abu Hanifa was a very lenient person Imam Abu Hanifa was a very Soft-hearted person Mm. And you know within my experience of of Meeting and dealing with people who claim To follow the Hanafi mother I don't think Imam Abu Hanifa Was so hard-hearted you know, and, 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 and in his ways towards other people. Right. That's why I say I'm not condemning anyone, and, and I'm not sitting here in the seat of condemnation, no. but I mean we also need to speak the truth you Jesus. Right. We need to say, call a spade a spade. Right. I'm not someone who will say, this is an implement that you dig a hole. and uh-uh. all. No, a spade a is a spade. spade. Right. So I talk straight, you right. see. So what I'm saying is, I found in my experience many people who say, that they follow Imam Abu Hanifa's mother, if only they can follow the life of Imam Abu Hanifa. Mm-hmm. That would be so important. Now earlier you asked me, how did his mother spread so much? Right,
0: and where did it spread? Yes. You
1: see, the people that were mostly responsible for the advancement of his mother hmm. were the students of Imam Abu Hanifa. He had two main students, Imam Yusuf and Imam Muhammad. These two Imams, and also some of his other students, they were responsible for the spreading of the Hanafi Madhab. Yeah. That's why you find overseas, the ma- majority Hanafi Madhab in India, in Pakistan, in Egypt, mm. in many parts Syria, in Turkey, you'll find it. And of course, here locally, mostly you'll find it in Natal and Transvaal. Right. Majority of them follow the Hanafi Madhab.
0: Okay, let's say, how thing?
1: How, yeah, how, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. how how yeah, how Um, the majority of course follow the ha- Hanafi madhab, no. with some exceptions who so also follow the Shafi madhab and maybe the Maliki madhab. No. Sure. Uh, that is basically how the madhab of Imam Abu Hanifa spread through his students, his two famous students, Imam Yusuf and Imam Muhammad, and some of his other students as well.
0: Right. now, um. Also, something else that I'd like to know, uh, Imam Mahfsheikh, and that is, um, I remember last week you also mentioned about certain writings. uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, what I'd like to know this evening, the respected Imam Hanifa, did he write any uh, books that the person should be aware of?
1: Yeah, there is a famous book uh, um, that ulama say that uh, Imam Abu Hanifa is responsible of. It is called the al Azar book. It's got to do with fit and the laying out of jurisprudence. Hmm. But there's also other works which I'm not very familiar with. Right. But Imam Abu Hanifa left behind a very great legacy.
0: Alhamdulillah. And these uh, were all written before imprisonment?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, uh, what we need to do is we need to get ready for the news at 10, uh, and uh, when we come back, of course, we'll still be together for around about uh, half an hour, 20 minutes to half an hour, so inshallah, then we'll look at the rest of uh, the biography that you'll be sharing with us this evening, alhamdulillah. For now, let's get ready for the news. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, The Voice. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The
1: Voice of the Cape. The The
0: Lives of the Four Imams of the Four Madaib with sheik Abdul Abdur-Rahman Alexander. And we are back with you. And that's myself and the respected sheik Abdul Abdur-Rahman Alexander with the program, The Lives of the Four Imams
1: of the Four Madaib. Uh, as we're heading towards our conclusion of the program for tonight, there's three things that I want to focus on mm. with regard to this great personality, this dynamic personality. Right. The great Imam Abu Hanifa was also uh, referred to as Imam al which means the greatest Imam. He's been given many titles. Allahu right. A'alam, all four our Imams are people of integrity and they were great ulama. Mm. Now, Imam Abu Hanifa was a very wise person and a very witty person, so much that in his time, he was known as the great debater. No one could debate with him. Right. Uh, with the result that one day an atheist who don't believe in God, hmm. who don't believe in the existence of God, he came forward and challenged a Muslim community and said, There is no such a thing as a God. Where do you people come on to this? Get me your best person who can debate and I will prove to you that I will I will defeat him right and the people immediately rush to get the help of Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Abu Abu Hanifa said okay, I accept and I will come Hmm. and the man was waiting and the whole community was waiting and Abu Hanifa is not coming out some time went past Then finally Imam Abu Hanifa rocked up and the atheist said, it is true and I mean it is clear that you are afraid of me. Mm. That's why it took so long to come. Why were you so late? Mm. And Imam Abu Hanifa said, my humblest apologies for being late. I would have been here earlier but I struggled to cross the river because there was no boat to bring me over to the river. And as I stood there on the river bank, mm. I saw out of, the, out of the water some planks came by itself mm. and then some nails came out by itself and a hammer came and knocked it into, into portion and proportioned it into a boat. Mm. And I got onto this boat and this boat started steering itself until I got here and the atheist started laughing and say you truly nuts you're crazy how can planks come into existence out of itself nails mm. and and the ship make itself and steer itself this is not possible. So Imam Abu Hanifa said, well then our discussion is over. You don't want to believe that the ship can form itself mm. but you want to say that the whole universe came into being without <laughs> the creator? You see? This was the wit of Imam With, Abu eh? Hanifa. The wisdom that without much long debate <laughs> and polemics and all this stuff and right. arguments, he won the debate in no time. Right. And the atheist could see he couldn't win the the wor- the war of words with Imam Abu Hanifa. This Imam Abu Hanifa, he was not only wise, he was not only a man of wisdom, Hmm. but he was a man of true piety. He was a man who understood every single verse of the Qur'an. Imam Abu Hanifa was one day reading the famous Surah Yasin. And he came across the ayah in Surah Yasin where Allah says, وَمْتَاذُ mm. yuhal It will be said to mankind, Part, O oh you sinners, part and stand one, one side and stand away from the good people. Hmm. In other words, Allah will bring a wall of apartheid. Hmm. Not apartheid based on race and color. No apartheid Based on good works And bad works Piety. Good people mm. and bad people right. And Allah will say you bad people Stand away from the good people Imam Abu Hanifa when he read this verse He burst out crying And they asked him why are you crying He said I'm crying I fear that I might be Amongst those whom Allah will say Stand away from the good people a great giant in learning, mm. a spiritual luminary, a man whom Allah has truly blessed. Look at his humility, right. look at his humbleness. He, he didn't have that self-righteous attitude mm. that I am Abu Hanifa and I'm going to Jannah. Mm. He didn't have no, that. No. He had that humility in mm. him. Um, Sheikh, does one find
0: this in many instances with those people that are real pious people, that these are the people that when they came, and I've heard it on numerous occasions mm-hmm. from the ulama, where they are saying when they read certain portions of the Quran that talks about punishment for those that oh. uh, don't, you know, you don't listen, yes. or you are sinners, that they the first people to start crying. Yes. Is, is, is that, I don't want to say it's the norm, but you find this also to happen quite often.
1: Yes, these are true uleab, oh, oh, no. these are true pious people who oh, don't consider themselves as pious people. Or Although, better than others. Yeah. No. They don't have that self-righteous attitude. Mm. Mm. They fear, I wonder if Allah is not talking about me. Oh, no. Even if you look at the great Sayyidina Umar, mm. I mean Sayyidina Umar was the second Khalifa of Islam. Mm. That man of whom the Prophet mm. Sallam Sallam. said, if Allah had to send another prophet after me, it would have been Umar. That Umar one day cried, and when they asked him, why are you crying? He said, I fear that, If Allah must say on the day of judgment, everyone is going to Jannah except for one person, Hmm. I know I will be that person. No, this is humility. Right. This is humbleness. Right. This is true um, connection with Almighty God, Allah. You don't have an attitude of self-righteousness. Be humble. Be humble. And Allah will raise you. And if you keep yourself what you are not, then Allah will disgrace you. So This is a beautiful point and the beautiful moral lessons that we can learn from mm. these great people of integrity. Yeah. And I'm going to end off now with one more point, Haji Youssef. Um, <clears throat> Imam Abu Hanifa, if you study his life, people who studied his life, of his contemporaries who studied him mm. and also wrote down facts about his life, they said Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi, yeah. lived on this world for 70 years passed away at the age of 70. Out of that 70 years, 40 years in his life, Mm. he never slept at night. For 40 years of his life, he made Fajr Salah with the same wudu that he made Um, his ishai with. Which means that for 40 years he never slept at night. What did he do? He was not only in Ibadah, he also looked at the problems that faced the ummah and came out up with solutions. And that is why we have that guidance from our various schools of mm, thought. Mm, Imam mm. Shafi the same, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal the same. They were people who were worried with regard to the future of the Ummah of Rasulullah and they figured out these problems and they left the solutions no. behind as part of the great legacy.
0: Right. So, so uh, Shaykh, what you're saying also, one should not uh, see this as forty years of seclusion.
1: No, it's not forty years of seclusion. They right. never shut themselves off from the world. Right. But forty years, every night, meaning for forty years at night, he did not sleep. Hmm. These other Ulia will probably sleep maybe um, after the word till hmm. before asr, right. and that is enough for them to survive. Right. right. The rest of the night. They either spend part of that night in ibadah of Allah Mm. and part of the night they will spend in looking at questions that come up, various new situations and draw answers from the Quran and from the Sunnah. Mm. These are the people like Imam Malik, like Imam Abu Hanifa, like Imam Shafi Rahmatullahi, like Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. These are the worthy people that we can only make dua that Allah... (coughs) Sorry, <clears throat> Make du'a and ask Allah Oh Allah, make us worthy To walk in the footsteps Ameen. And to follow these great
0: Inshallah, people
1: Inshallah, uh,
0: Sure. <coughs> this is something else that I'd like to know Seeing that we are talking about The four Imams mm-hmm. Of the four schools of thought I'd like to know from you What was the relationship Between or amongst them Was there anything that uh, They did not think much of the other one or that they were in disagreement with the other
1: one. Mm.
0: What was their relationship like?
1: You see, all these Imams, they didn't meet each other. Like Imam Shafi never met Imam Abu Hanifa.
0: Right. right.
1: Imam Abu Hanifa met with Imam Malik. Right. But they had the utmost respect for each other. No. The utmost respect. And next week, when we speak about Imam Shafi, I will speak of the respect. That Imam Shafi had for Imam Abu Hanifa, whom he never met, right. and the respect he had for Imam Malik, yeah, yeah. and the respect that Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal had for Imam Shafi, because Imam Shafi was the teacher of Imam Ahmad oh, ibn wow. Hanbal. You know, uh, which shows also that even though they, some of them were teachers and students of each other, right? So like Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, his mother is still standing on its own even though Imam Shafi was his teacher right. but when we get there we will discuss all Inshallah,
0: those points Inshallah, Inshallah, I mean, to conclude the reason why we have this program we've touched on it last week when we said that there are reasons why we've present, we are presenting but, mm. we've presented, but we are presenting this program and uh, once again I'd like to ask you could you just explain to us why it is important for us to understand the uh, can we call it the lives mm. and the biography of the four imams.
1: Yes, it's very important, because um, nowadays you see that the borders of South Africa is wide open also. Right. And people are coming into South Africa from all parts of the world. Right. And we have people here following the Maliki Madhab mm. and you see them in the Salah moving their finger you and, and standing with their, with their arms beside the sides. sides. Right. And also you have people Maybe you follow, the, uh, major people follow the Hanafi madhab no. And uh, they may be slight difference in the taking of the wudu Etc, right. etc et right. And they, in the salah you'll find if a person leads the salah and is the Hanafi madhab mm. They don't read rahim loud They read it soft right. whereas we read it loud right. Now we need to understand all these um, minor differences Why it is so And then we respect each other after that. Right. Also when we go for hajj In Makkah and Medina, the whole world is converging onto the two um, most sacred cities. And you're going to find people, um, uh, maybe a slightly different way of making standing, Mm. or whatever the case may be, then at least you've got to know that. It teaches us also not to be dogmatic. Right, right. Very important. eh? Yes. Because you find, nowadays you find people say, um, can I take Hanafi Abdas? take Shafi Abdas. Mm. You don't get Shafi Abdas and Hanafi Abdas. Mm. Wudu is wudu. Mm. You make wudu the way you have been taught, whether it is in the school of Imam Malik, in the school of Imam Shafi, in the school of Imam Abu Hanifa, with minor differences, maybe the, the the way we rub our heads when we wet our our heads, etc. And also, when the wudu is taken, um, is your wudu broken, according Mm. to Imam Shafi? When you kiss your wife or you touch your wife, yes, then your wudu is broken. According to the madhab and the understanding of Imam Malik and Abu Hanifa, your wudu is not broken. If you give your wife maybe a little... Pick on the cheek, pick on the cheek, because right. that's what the Prophet sallallahu also did. Yeah. So we just need to understand the, those minor differences, hmm. and then and the life biographies of these people. Then it will also teach us to respect each other, I mean. who are the followers of these mothers. I mean.
0: And uh, just listening to you uh, talking to us about uh, things like pick on the cheek, etc., making one thing of what's happening when people are on Hajj and Umrah, and of course. Uh, the idea is that after we've done this uh, four-part series mm. on the lives of the four imams, we were going to look at questions and answers around hajj. Yes. And these might be some of the things that we'll be looking at. Yes. Uh, what do I do to make sure that I, my wudu is not broken when I'm uh, ah. in tawaf? And what. But yes. that, of course, will that come we'll that That will discuss there.
1: When does the wudu break yes. and vanna <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Well it's time for us to wrap it up for this evening. Alhamdulillah it's been wonderful once again sitting in your company and listening to the Alhamdulillah. teachings. Alhamdulillah I've learned quite a lot and I'm sure the listeners also appreciate you being here this evening. Um Wil ze een voor die feiten poas aan worden? Ja, op die berg. Op, op die, die berg. berg. No, no moet moeten mensen eindelijk verzachtig missen. Ah. Want die glij af van die berg is ja. makkelijker. <laughs> is bij makkelijker. En dan ook, uh, enjoy maar die boebe morgen aan. Oh, ik kijk met het. Oh. <laughs> yes, I remember uh, when uh, the two of us, we used to travel. The two things you would always, always mention to people, die boebe and ecosystem. Ik kan het vergeten. All the very best. Uh, Looking forward to have you back here next week, Wednesday, inshallah, Inshallah. when we'll be looking at another one of the Imam, And this time around, we're looking at Imam Shafi, inshallah. Inshallah. So, until then, all the very best. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide and protect you. Amen. And uh, take you home safely. And inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always guide and protect you um. and your loved ones, inshallah. Amen, and Amen. the very
1: same to you and your loved inshallah. ones, Yusuf. And I greet you and the listeners. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So the-